Hello and welcome to Building Sustainability. This is a bite-sized episode, so it's just a short 10-minute nugget of building sustainability. Enjoy. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Hi, I'm Telling Josephson, and I am an architect and passive house consultant registered in the U.S., And I'm Philippa Birchwood, and I'm an architect and well-accredited professional. We both work together as sustainable design consultants, and we thought we would share how we came to work as environmentally conscious architects. When I graduated, I had high ambitions to become part of a sustainable architectural practice. However, I found it quite difficult to find a position that met my high ambitions. Uh, And at the same time, as I was looking for a job, it was actually kind of the tail end of the 2008 financial crisis. So um, I ended up working for a small firm that did luxury apartment and single family home renovations and new construction, as well as doing a bit of side freelancing for interior designers and other architects. So I think I was in a bit of a similar um, position to you. First of all, I took a big breath (laughs) because it's such a long process going through the architectural education system. And so we, myself and a couple of uni friends went to Cyprus for some R&R, which could have been a bit risky, I suppose, because, you know, you want to get a job as soon as possible. But I'm so glad we did that. I have that no regrets. Amazing. <laughs> that sounds no amazing. That sounds amazing. I'm jealous. <laughs> so yeah, did that. Um, and then um, decided to go on a job search in the West Midlands because my partner had already settled in that area. I had no preference to where we um, where I ended up working. So I thought, well, let's look in the West Midlands. And uh, I managed to find a year-long contract um, with a architectural firm that specialised in housing and social housing 
so I thought that would be a good place to start. How long were you working at that luxury practice and and what made you move on from there? Uh, Well, I was there for a little, just over three years, um, which it wasn't really, (laughs) I wasn't actually intending to stay so long, but it's just kind of what happened. Um, Again, when I first started, you were kind of lucky to get a job because there was so much competition. And I was looking in New York City, which attracts a lot of talent. Uh, And then there are also a lot of people looking to even work for free sometimes uh, because there's so much competition. You just want to get ahead, Um, which it's, it's really rough. And obviously I don't agree with working for free, but that makes the competition that much more difficult. Um, So I, I stayed for three years, but it was difficult to get a work where you were paid sufficiently and given the high living cost of working in New York city, uh, that was no good. So I ended up having to take on extra work on the side, doing kind of freelance gig work, um, in the evenings and then on weekends. But unfortunately, none of it was meeting my high ambitions of sustainability or incorporating sustainable design into any of it because I was really focused on being able to pay my rent and pay off my student loans, which had really snowballed uh, (laughs) towards the end of my university studies uh, just because of the cost of tuition and living where I'd gone to school. So so what, what made you just say, right, I'm moving on to the next step? And what was that next step for you? What made me need to move on was that I actually... I kind of hit the wall. I became so burnt out that at a certain point, I just said, I can't do this anymore. And I realized that I had to make a change. And I was, I was feeling very unfulfilled. And I don't know, is that a sentiment that you, you felt as well in your first job? Yeah, I mean, in my first job, um, I think I was bright eyed and bushy tailed out of university. And um, (laughs) I'd learned about social housing um, projects over in Lincolnshire, where they use straw bale, things like that. Um, But when I was there, whilst I learned a lot, and I learned about code for sustainable homes and robust details and things like that, um, there wasn't much opportunity for deviation away from sort of the standard housing building methodologies or or design types even the house types all looked pretty similar um so I hopped to Birmingham and managed to get a job um with a firm there who specialized in healthcare and schools which I thought was admirable (laughs) I always I always had a bit more of an affinity towards public sector work and I don't know why but the main main reason why I moved to this new firm is because they had a dedicated sustainability leader who was Mm -hmm. a passive house designer and a Briam assessor Um, and so whenever she came up to the Birmingham office I just asked her so many questions and tried to absorb as much information from her as possible but realistically my day-to-day was not really um, pushing the boundaries in terms of sustainability I did end up being an environmental system or environmental management system rep for the um, for the office um, so helped with ISO 14001 audits and uh, recycling and getting better processes in, in the office and procurement policies and things like that. Um, but I didn't see it translate through design necessarily. So mm. whilst I loved being there, um, once an opportunity popped up to 
to focus more on sustainability obviously I grabbed it with both hands and in in parallel um obviously whilst I was doing that the sort of EMS stuff at work um I was also getting involved with my local community group um and ended up being chair of low carbon Litchfield um so obviously I was using that as a means of um continuing to sort of push the push agenda and take action otherwise I might have felt a bit stifled um, if I didn't get involved in community action. So what was the next step for you then following on from from work where did you go next and and where did you get all of your good sustainability knowledge that you've got currently? (laughs) Um, So uh, when I got burnt out I realized that I needed to make a major change uh, and upskill myself So what I ended up doing was actually applying to a master's program at Chalmers University in Sweden, which the focus is completely on sustainable development for planning and architecture, uh, because I realized that if I wanted to change jobs or have a job within sustainability or sustainable design, then either I needed to get an alternative education or I needed to actually have had experience in a sustainable design building, whatever that means to a New York firm, um, because that's where I was initially looking. Um, so I chose the the education route and it took two years of time, uh, which was a really hard decision to make to actually leave, I guess, leave my career in quotes, but, you know, just leave a, a steady paycheck, um, given that I continue to have loans that I continued throughout that period to have loans and having to put that on hold, uh, as well as, kind of approaching my 30s at the, I mean, like late 20s, uh, approaching my 30s. And that's kind of a time where you make big career jumps or big pay jumps. And it's scary to, <laughs> to leave that part uh, or like to leave the job market and take that yeah. break. But without that, I wouldn't have been able to gain all the, inf- the knowledge and have all the information to get a job in sustainable design that would fulfill me. So I I took the risk and I think it was really worth it. What was the course called? The course was called Architecture and Planning Beyond Sustainability uh, at Chalmers University. And what I went into it thinking it would be was that I was going to learn more of the technical aspects of sustainable design, um, kind of more focusing on what does it mean to include photovoltaic panels on a building and how do you calculate the appropriate amount or for example how to detail solar shading but that is that is a part of what I got but I got so much more than that I realized when I got there how little I knew and it was a very humbling experience because sustainability from my perspective when I arrived was that we need to do better but it wasn't that we needed to do good and we needed to improve upon systems it was which I now realize is what we should be doing. And sustainability also includes, it's not just the environmental aspect, but it's the social and economic aspects as well. So I got a taste of that when I was there. I took courses in participatory design, where we did a design build playground with um, the collaboration in the design process of local kids in an area in outside of Gothenburg, where I was going to school. Uh, I also did, uh, I did a sustainable design course where we we did a lot of uh, calculations on life cycle analyses and passive house design um, considerations, I guess, for air barrier qualifications of a building. Uh, And then we also had a local analysis course where we were learning about 
how to incorporate uh, local needs analyses into our pre-design work and then be able to design for like in line with the needs of a community or an area. So those were just some of the items. Yeah, that, that really set me up to be able to talk more broadly and more holistically about sustainable design in a way that I had not anticipated uh, when I went into the program. Um, and then how, how do you feel that that's helped you with your current job? Well, I mean, at least I can, I can probably tell you from, from my perspective how it helped you get your current job. Um, <laughs> I remember getting um, an email through with your CV um, with your thesis project, which said form follows availability. And given I, you've now heard what my thesis project was at university, I could see there was definitely some some links there. And I could definitely see through that thesis, um, there's a bit of a kind of a synergy there. And, you know, I was really, really impressed by that work. So I think, you know, there need to be more courses like that across the piece, not just in Scandinavia, but we know, we know Scandinavia are definitely leading the way, but fingers crossed, um, some of that thinking is going to spread across other universities. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are also, there's also, there, there's the route of going to universities and getting an education, but then there's also the route of upskilling yourself elsewhere, which I think you've done a lot of um, just in your external work. I mean, what I would say is, you know, I mentioned about the fact that I got involved with local community groups um, and I was very determined to sort of put all of this information on my LinkedIn because I wanted to show that whilst I didn't have the dedicated sustainability degree, the passion was there. And fortunately, that paid off because that's how I got to my job currently. I actually got a LinkedIn message, um, was headhunted specifically because of the information on my LinkedIn profile. So I would definitely say to people, um, if you are looking to get into a sustainability career, there aren't necessarily the core is available um, to give you that stamp but do be really open about what what things you've been involved with um, and share them on LinkedIn. Uh, yes I agree if, if you're flexible you'll see that there's so many volunteer opportunities or uh, I guess community groups like for example you're part of your local community group I'm part of the Architects Climate Action Network where I'm active in the circular economy work group, although there are many other groups available to join. Uh, but the circular economy group kind of speaks loudest to me. And that's where I focus most of my energies in the volunteering sector. Um, but also, I, there's a lot of great information out there for free on the internet. Uh, I started my Instagram, The Holistic Architect, back at the start of lockdown one, which seems like ages ago. Through that, I've actually, I've learned a lot. I've made a lot of connections with other people working in sustainable design in the built environment, whether it be contractors, builders, architects, any kind of like anywhere along the design chain, uh, even, even deconstruction contractors. Also that information, just being active on social media and networking that way is a really great way to upskill yourself. Definitely. A few, few tips from us and how yeah. to <laughs> educate one, beyond education. <laughs> yeah. And one final one, because um, obviously not everyone who listens to this will necessarily be an architect, but um, there is also the Make a Difference networking as that is available as well, which has a, a WhatsApp group, which um, really is a networking space for anyone that's interested in social impact, sustainability and health. So that's another one to add to the list to check out. 
Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. 